Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Dabblers Book Club, the podcast for people who've never read Chaucer and probably never will. I'm Curtis. And I'm Hadja. Hello. Been a while. Been a little while. We tried. We did say we were going to do one about a month ago, didn't we? I did read the book. I read it quite quickly. I took a fucking ages, a didn't I? Yeah, so this one's my fault. This is on me, but we'll try and keep up the pace now. Yeah, I um, mean, I think I read it six weeks ago because we actually went away to Alicante and um, I took a book with me to read. And I read it on the flight back. <laughs> Jesus, has it been that long? So yeah. I was reading Stephen King's The Institute mm. in um, in Alicante. Uh, and that yeah. took a while to read. I'm just not reading quick these days. I'm reading slower. I'm running slower. You know, I go for a run like this morning. I'm like two, two minutes slower than I was. Wow. Um, this is 10K, by the way. All right. Uh, but, but I'm like two minutes slower than I was last Life's year. Life's falling apart. I, I, clearly, I've just, like, you know, got <laughs> my... At least your joints are all working and healthy. At least you can run. This is me making it about me. Yeah. My ACL. That's right. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that is what's happened. I have done my ACL since we lasted the podcast. I didn't uh, know I did my ACL. Which put us out of podding action. That's, that's the reason. <laughs> Sidelined us. That's the reason. I had a knee injury, so uh, I couldn't read. For listening purposes, how did you do your ACL? I uh, was playing netball. Maybe I did say this on a previous thing. Uh, yeah, I was playing netball and I twisted my knee uh, when some dumbass ran into me trying to get a ball which was already mine and in my possession it's meant to be a no contact sport but it is not and uh she's ruined my life so Silly i hope twat. she can live with herself should we, should we hunt her down no i should probably i don't know do my other knee <laughs> um, um yeah. all right well you know you're anyway you're recovering slowly but surely yeah right? and i never complain either so no don't hear a peep out of you no um it's Halloween as we record don't know when we'll get this out but the, today is Halloween i'm putting this out straight away okay so yeah Halloween yeah I mean, I've got a comedy gig at three, so we'll see how quickly I can edit. But just mm. don't make any mistakes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what all those big American podcasters do. Just put it out. No one cares. Yeah, it was Sunday afternoon, like daytime, sober Halloween comedy gig. That could yeah. go one of two ways, couldn't it? Yeah, it could go shit or it could go really shit. <laughs> so I'll, um, I'll see how I do. Yeah, I'll just try out some bit of new stuff, Halloween material. That's cool. Ooh. Have you got any gigs coming up that maybe pod listeners can come and see you at? <laughs> uh, I'm doing the blackout in Greenwich on November 12th, I think, uh, which is going to be horrendous. 
Uh, I, I managed three minutes and 40 seconds last time, and you could get potentially carded off at two minutes, so that was all right. Um, yeah, that's November 12th. So, so that's the blackout in Greenwich. Yeah, you, well, the blackout night at the up the creek comedy store in Greenwich. Don't come along it's, right. um, unless you're prepared to really make me feel good about myself. Cool. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's then. Uh, we're seeing Eliza Schlesinger on Tuesday as well. We are. I'm, cool. I'm so excited I'm so to see excited. Eliza Schlesinger. Yeah, she's amazing. I think I was thinking about this um, this morning. She can be on your list. None of the other dumb bitches your list. She can be. Uh, I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm normally quite. Um, Shy about lists. Yeah. Oh, I don't fancy anyone. Basically, he said the wrong person once. <laughs> yeah. And he you totally did not hear the end it. of it. <laughs> you rang your sister. <laughs> She's so ugly. Like, don't ever also, it was some... only spur of the... I can't remember who it fucking was. <laughs> some plastic surgery bin. Anyway. <laughs> no, but my, my sister still thinks she's really pretty. You should be really flattered. So apparently it's just me that was well, deeply anyway. insulted. <laughs> anyway, no, I will, I will take Let Eliza. So I think Eliza is one of the best comedians in the world. Mm, I really amazing. do. Her delivery. I think her delivery is the best in yeah. the world. She's so fucking funny. She's so funny. She performs so well. Like she's a real consummate performer as well. It's not just that her jokes are funny. And she's very... It's funny because she makes jokes about women's likability and she is just very likable to a wide audience, I think. She has this... She makes cutting jokes and generalisations but with a massive self-awareness and she's kind of already ready to back up any criticism in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. She kind of um, knows what people's responses will be when they're like being ungenerous and I think she's very good. Yeah, yeah. Like she's her. she's very interesting as well, hasn't it? We've given her podcast a rip. Yeah, um, it's bad though listening to like American comedians because it's not what British comedy scene is like at all. Like, you go on to... Like, I want to go on stage and I'm feeling like this American vibe. And they're actually generally American comedians aren't, I don't think, as funny as British comedians. Ooh. Like, you have to buy into the vibe to get an American comedian. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to really hard disagree really? with you. But I think that's just how my tastes have been lately. I think it's having been to um, a cinema in LA to watch just an utterly terrible, terrible film. And just hearing a whole cinema theatre laughing, weeping, and cheering. Yeah, you like see, American I hate audiences. No, but American audiences will laugh at anything. Yeah, and they'll clap everything remotely. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking actually the other day. Sorry, this is tangent after tangent after tangent. But you know, we went to see the rescue, which we should probably explain. Oh away. my god, yeah. And there were a lot of moments because obviously that's a very deep documentary incredible um, watch the rescue everybody but there were a lot of moments and obviously like the people who did the rescue were in the room um, and that there were a lot of moments where I was thinking an American crowd would be like cheering and standing ovation now and because we were British it was like yeah like I think we all wa- wanted to stand up like yeah. I really wanted to stand I enjoyed that Britishness and I, where I went, yeah we were it. just a bit awkward it might have saved a football team from a cave but no nah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not standing up for this shit so yeah The Rescue is this documentary about um, the Thai boys that were trapped in a cave in 2018 and um, it was an actual screening because we got to go to got a how the hell did we get along to that uh, through the women and women in film and TV um, uh, organisation that I'm a member of um, members institute thing and I yeah they had some screening tickets so we went to the Curzon in Mayfair and which lovely. is a beautiful building really nice building um, and we were really part of something weren't we because that was oh, the premiere incredible. with the director or the producer whatever you want to call co-director, it co-director yeah um, doing a speech at the end and then the actual divers so the subject of the documentary yeah. were there and the ambassador to Fucking Thailand Thai yeah. Navy were there all in Navy their SEALs, yeah. in their um 
you know, all the finery. Finery, yeah, that's the word. Um, no, it's great. Incredible. I mean, I was just roaring like a baby all the way through, just uncontrollably <laughs> sobbing. You were, um, yeah. I'm amazed I didn't cry because I'm a bit of a weeper, but yeah. no, you were gone, weren't you? Cold hearted. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I would honestly. <sighs> You have to watch the rescue doc- documentary. It's so so good. Do you know what else I loved about that? Mm. That Shiraz they were giving out. Free. The wine <laughs> that cost me fucking nothing. That did right. Free drinks at the start. Oh, it's beautiful. And it was. I was sat there, having a nice like long but good day at work. And I was just sat there and I was just drinking to my power. Mm. I was like, this is to my power. It was really. I drank to my power afterwards. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we went to that weird fucking weird pub, didn't yeah, we? The grapes um, in Mayfair. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Like anyway, that's that. what we've been up to this week. So, yeah. yeah, life's kicked off again. So that's good. I'm so glad to be doing stuff again. Yeah. I really, really like, like they made noises on the news, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago, like, all oh, the cases are rising. I we, fucking we might do again. Something. I was like, you no. can fuck the <laughs> fuck off. No, we'll carry um, on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my, yeah. It's just changed my philosophical belief that life is worth saving. I'm just like, let's just all die. <laughs> But carry on living until we die. However that happens, I'm sorry. There was a, I'm sure you saw it. This thing flew around on Twitter. You know that geezer that's all flamboyant with cutting up meat and... Oh, and, yeah. Salt Bay. Yeah, him. There was, his restaurant there was a video of him doing his thing and someone just like tweeted the video and the caption was, we deserve to be hit by a passing yeah, yeah, asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I don't know who you are, but I'm with that's you. That's quite a common thing on TikTok, actually, because I saw a different video, but with the same comment afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe an asteroid's not that bad a thing. Um, yeah. Ooh, well, that's other fun stuff. Um, but we'll talk about books, I guess. Oh, it's a book podcast. It is a book yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all podcasts do this, though. Yeah. As you know, I'm, I listen to a few generic comedy podcasts, but they're mainly rugby and Formula One podcasts through the week. And they all pride themselves and think they're unique by the fact they'll do 30 mi- uh, minutes of what we've just done, just chatting, yeah. catching up. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you came here for rugby and you've got us talking about uh. Uh, how different we are to other podcasts. <laughs> like, you all fucking do this. Yeah, podcasts are um, people chatting shit. Yes. Uh, but books. Uh, so what do we read? We read Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, that's how I read it. Okay, good. Piranesi. Yeah. I think that that is a an Italian philosopher or something or other historically. I'm going to have to Google that. It's an actual that. thing. There is, is someone called Piranesi. See, I, I, it's got to be something to do with the Pyrenees, right? Ooh. I mean, it's not spelled like that, Pyrenees, but maybe. Okay. Well, so this is an, a new book, right? This is this year? This is, yeah, a new book. Um... And I mean, I say new book. There's usually nine months between a hardback and a softback. Um, but it did get the Women's Prize for Fiction this year. Well, just a couple of months ago, that was cool. September. Yeah. So it's a new and celebrated decorated book. It is. Yes. Um, uh, she's uh, also written Jonathan Strange ooh. and Mr. Norrell and the Ladies of Grace. Adieu. Um, yeah. So mm, very ornate titles. Um, I've got a good um, synopsis, if you like. I've. Go on then. Yeah, I found this on thebibliophile.com. Okay. Um, so, Piranesi is a man called Piranesi living in a grand labyrinth that is filled with statues beset by floods and surrounded by celestial objects. Piranesi carefully documents the world around him, including the house's many halls, the tides, and the human remains that he finds. But indications of a stranger prompt Piranesi to question what he knows about this world mm. and threatens to reveal the truths buried long ago. Ooh. Oh, a Piranesi, uh, 1720 to 1778, an Italian etcher and architect. That makes sense. Got you. 
So d- does that synopsis do it justice? Is there anything you would add? Um, How does it unfold? Because I'm not sure I understood. Uh, yeah, I think that's sort of... it's. Oh, it's so strange. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't know how to well, summarise it. So from his, sort of his own writings and diaries, mm. he becomes aware that, oh, hang on, there's there's more to life and there's more people knocking about than just me and these walls. Yeah, and the 14 people that died before him or something, weren't there? Yeah, he's kind of piecing it all together. And then you realise, I think, later in the book, and I forget how you get there, but you get to the real world, like London, yeah. Battersea, like, you know, not in this weird... Well, you've got labyrinth. a hint of it where it's Battersea. Yeah, and then he's there and you find out how he ends up going to the labyrinth. Mm. Um, oh, are you calling it a labyrinth? Is that that's what, what that, that thing calls it there. Oh, the co- oh, yeah. I just call it a big, weird fucking I house wasn't surrounded by sea. Um, I was Googling. Um, but, but yeah, so so anyway, he's a guy in a parallel universe who pieces it together slowly. Yeah. And in the end, he just likes the parallel universe better, doesn't he? Yes. Well, you start off so disorientated, don't you? It's, I, well, I did. I found it like, because I didn't know where I was. It mm. was just walls and chambers and this very annoying, I must say, capitalization of many, many words, which um, I kind of understood that. Um, you know, it's because when you're naming something, you um, it's like um, in the line of the witch in the wardrobe, they call it wardrobe. You know, it's a capital mm. W, capital R. Um, and I found that all quite confusing. I didn't know where the hell I was. Someone would call this a fantasy novel, and I don't think it's a fantasy novel because um, no. I don't think it's like a whole fantasy world. Because um, the the I I don't know where to start. It was really yeah. did you didn't you you didn't seem to be sort of thrown by it at the beginning. First no, so, so so I remember you saying to me, "Oh, stick with it. After sixty pages, it gets cracking." Yeah. I actually liked the first bit—the ambiguous, weird, dreamlike mm. scenery. I cared less for when it still started making sense. Uh, so I liked it as a weird art piece, and I actually would have—I could have done without the the real world creeping oh, into it. I kind of. What was the Greek thing we read? Circe. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Like I, I liked it as like that kind of thing, just being in this other world. I didn't care for it, Lincoln, and turning out to be a parallel universe of some doctor. Mm. And that, that I don't know. But maybe I was just getting readers fatigued by the time that crept in. But, so, I thought it was really powerful um, how this Piranesi geezer is in a house. And I don't know how you envisage it, but I thought how um, how it was set was really powerful. I just envisaged this thing on a like a cliff edge surrounded by raging sea with open walls on all sides. I joined, I, I just saw a very ruined, exposed, grand building. Mm. I could really picture it and it was really trippy and it was grey skies and the fucking albatross turns up for no reason all the time. I never even pictured a sky. Right. That's how I was like, it felt like because of the walls, I was imagining ceilings. Yeah. Like I couldn't well, there probably was, and Picture I'm probably, probably not picturing it as it's been described. No, I, I, no but idea. Just the way it was set, and his sort of lonely wandering into this chamber or this mm. vestibule, and climbing up this statue to look at this and to mark down the tides and to go fishing. I just saw this wrecked, awesome building surrounded by a raging sea, and I just, I, I, yeah, and and it was more. And then he's finding his own writings and he's keeping mm. his own diaries, and I, and you know, and there was a stranger who he referred to as the other that he kind of got to know and actually they didn't you know even though the two people in an isolated world they didn't form this great bond or anything he actually was quite indifferent to the other um and then the 16th comes along who was a woman and she was trying to save him right or mm. but actually he was he was told the opposite yeah um i was i like the minimalism of it that was cool i think I, yeah there's a lot of parallels obviously to um 
like biblical texts or messages, you know, like old kind of is it allegories, I'm thinking, um, quite fable-like or mm. like there, there seems to be parallels between well-worn stories that you can kind of make out like this sense of betrayal of who's the enemy and who's the you know good versus evil kind mm. of thing um i i mean you're seeing that it's like this building of ruins i just thought it was this vast vast expanse of walls basically mm. um because early on Pyrenees is talking about traveling sort of 14 walls away or sort of like quite a distance away like yeah. it's clearly explored and you could, I mean, for me, it's like I could tell that um, there's something about the way we explore the world that we're just thrown into. So, um, and how he makes sense of things and labels things. And mm. um, he's got chalk, and he he writes on the floor. Got chalk, and and like man's natural wish to uncover truths and patterns and map out things. And mm. like, even if you're on your own, you'd be sort of making sense of stuff. Yeah. Um, which I found quite interesting. Well, I was putting myself in his place. Like, what would I do? And I think I was doing a lot of the same stuff, mm. like how he charted the days and the winds and everything. And he, he like, he knew when a storm was coming from mm. days away and knew when he had to get himself elevated up high to avoid the... To, I, I, yeah, I, I liked... But at the same time, the principle was that his memory was being scrambled, wasn't it? Because he couldn't remember yes. entries in older diaries, which started off in... Um, so he's created his own calendar yeah. as well, when actually he did start off in the real English calendar, but then clearly his yeah. mind was muddled and changed. But he's weirdly aware that his calendar isn't going to fit with necessarily another person's calendar yeah. who comes in. But the fact that he forgets that he ever used the old calendar, and that's mm. what's... Interesting and also kind of incongruous with um, the idea that he knows when the tides are changing and all this is happening. It's like, well, if your mind's being muddled, is that just it's just your long term memory that's being affected? Is it mm. um, that you can't remember having? So he discovers scraps of paper of some of his journals, doesn't he? Mm. That he has written. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> the idea is that the um, the the world, wherever do, do they name the world? Does he name the world? Don't think no. so. Sort of. The idea that it's quite a disorienting... Is it disorienting or disorientating? I never know, I never, actually. Yeah, I no. always get the two mixed up. Um, tell us, listener. If yeah. you, <laughs> I mean, I could Google, yeah. but... One, one professional copywriter and one comms professional. Yeah, no, no idea. idea. Um, yeah, I... That first bit just... I re, I mean, I was ready to give up, and it was just because we were on a Ryanair flight and I hadn't read a single book in... I hadn't read a page oh, in yeah. three days. Yeah, it's not, it's not a book to really like get you turning pages when you're trying to forget the fact you're on a ship flight like that's hmm. you know but i mean i i did well, as soon as i got yeah past page 60 as soon as it was like the battersea bit intrigued mm. me um because when he's testing his memory to see if he remembers and obviously that's the your first hint that all oh, this is going to be linked to the real world yeah and then i could kind of start to relax a bit like okay stuff will make sense mm. it's really hard to trust a writer because um, I know you, that's the stuff you enjoyed and it was the stuff I least enjoyed was I don't know what's happening and it's making me like it makes you question whether you're reading stuff incorrectly or whether you can trust a writer enough to unveil it slowly and I think that's mm. a real test of you know when people talk about just put a book down after 30 pages it's like well some of that is you know a good writer will know they're doing that to you mm, yeah, um, and you just have to trust that they'll sort of tie the threads together yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, maybe it's like my brain um, liking the concept more than the explanation and the resolve. 
I don't know. I, in fact, I was chatting to someone at work the other day about Squid Game, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously everyone's mental for on Netflix at the minute. And I thought it was fantastic. Really, really good. Um, and someone said, oh, what about the end, though? And I went, oh, shit, yeah, actually, the end was pretty... Where they explained why all this stuff had been happening. Oh, and you didn't like that. And I was like, oh, actually, yeah, that kind of, like, I could have done without that bit. Mm-hmm. I was just as happy there being no explanation as to why this was going on and just the weird, strange world yeah. and, and the why is veiled in mystery. So I'm the same with this. I'd be happy to just be with Piranesi in his weird mansion while he works it out. <laughs> I don't need to go to fucking Battersea. But the whole point is that why is it like the story is why are you here? What is this? What is this life? How yeah. does it make sense? Yeah. No, I, I get, yeah, I get it. I do. But I might, I remember one. So my <laughs> second cousin, my mum's cousin, so first cousin once removed, um, she used to be my pen pal when I was little. And um, I would send her poems that I wrote and she would like, um, like give me some constructive feedback on them. And one poem I'd made quite blatant and she said, people love to feel clever. Mm. So don't add in everything, like hold mm-hmm. some things back. And um, yeah, so you clearly like to feel mm. clever and work things out. Whereas I'm like, just tell me because <laughs> I feel stupid not knowing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess, or, Yeah. Well, it's like how if we talk about anything and we go, oh, I don't know. You go, well, I'm going to Google it. You know, <laughs> you have to know the explanation. Whereas I'm quite happy with the, ah, oh, guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, no. <coughs> Sorry, I keep coughing. I'm My grandma that. has that trait, but she, um, but, uh, it's back in the days of encyclopedias. Like if you ask mm. my grandma a question, she didn't know the answer. Out comes the encyclopedia. Yeah. Like she was the original Googler. <laughs> like she, she was, would not let something go. Um, yeah. She was Piranesi. She was Piranesi. Because he just kept piecing shit together. Yeah. Yeah. What well, one question. You know, at the start, the other is always holding something shiny in his hand. Mm. Is it a mobile phone? Oh. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to work that out. Yeah, it must he be. Was, it was like he was, because the other was way more articulate and spoke like a real world person, mm. almost like a busy businessman going, what? No, I yeah, need to, yeah. I'll get back to you soon. And he, and he keeps referring to him like holding something shiny in his hand. I'm like, oh, was that, was that a little phone or yeah, an iPad or something? And, yeah, probably. Huh. I think when I first saw it, I just thought, a knife? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, I, you, must, you must be in a phone. Yeah, I, I think because I just didn't know where we were and what was going on. Um, that I, I enjoyed the kind of philosophical element of it of just yeah like I said before just how we sort of make we make the world make sense or mm. at the very least we chart it and we measure it and we um, try and create patterns and predict what's going to happen next like the fact that he worked out the tides and all that kind of thing it's yeah. just that's quite in it's it quite pure yeah. um, and yeah. it's not something we really have in the real world um, well in the fake modern world mm-hmm. um we're just so disconnected from all of that natural stuff it takes me back a bit to um where the crawdads um sing oh where she's just at one with the yeah, grass snakes just understands the, the world yeah. um and it's incredible um very at one with nature yeah so what did you think when it started to switch then and we got this sense of it's a kind of what's the what would you call it it's not magical realism it's I should probably Google and see actually where it fits into because it's. I always use the word metaphysical incorrectly. Yeah. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you asking me what how I felt when it started becoming real? When it started world-y? becoming yeah, when it started becoming real worldy, but it's still not real world because no. the idea is that you can access a place in yeah. your mind well, that physically. I love that idea. How uh, and yeah, that's where he is. So he's still not really anywhere that. No, but it started washing over me at that point. However, you're really reminding me of something that I've got to get out yeah. right. 
Um, in fact, I've already told you this, but I'll tell you again for the purposes of the recording, and hopefully <laughs> this will resonate with someone, yeah. right? But you know, I have really, really frequent dreams. Um, and it harks back to when I used to work on ships. And for the listener, I used to work on ships in Scandinavia, so between Stockholm, Helsinki, Tallinn, um, Baltic Sea. And um, and I lived in Stockholm briefly. Now, I have... I, all the time I dream that I'm on the ship and it's like a wonderful... Like, wish I was back there in this beautiful... Um, on these beautiful waters surrounded by these islands and pulling into these cities. Um and I visit Stockholm in my dreams, but it's not Stockholm. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like somewhere completely different. However, I've been to this city in my dreams so many times. It's so weird. I've got a whole map of it in my head. Right now, I can I can get off the ship at the at the harbour. I walk up this road. On the right, there's a zoo. There's a big uh, bridge up there with a lookout point. Honestly, I I won't bore you with and it all. And it's not a real place. It's not a real place. Mental. It's nothing like anywhere I've ever been. But in my head. Like it suits the um, telemetry, is that the mm-hmm. right word? It's it suits like it would it could be a Swedish place. It looks Swedish, but is telemetry the right word? Telemetry, um, the geography. What, what am I thinking of? The, well, telemetry to do with cars. No, isn't the terrain, it? <laughs> terrain, <laughs> terrain. I don't know. Yeah, no, it is as a car thing. It's because I write telemetry with bloody time at work. <laughs> that's why. Uh, no terrain, like yeah, it, right. it, the terrain, like it could it fits into Scandinavia. Mm. However, no, this is not a real place. But there's so many corners of this city, and I've been to them all in my yeah. dreams and I know how they all link up and I don't go there consciously sometimes it just turns up in my dreams and I have this most incredible journey around this city where I do this and that and and I've got memories in this place and it's mm. all in my fucking dreams and I and it's so real it's like you know me I'm pretty like there's no yeah. like I'm not spiritual there's fucking nothing no. else <laughs> when we die we are worm food but I am actually I'm quite tripped yeah. out by this world I go to and I guess, yeah, like Piranesi, it's just this powerful thing where you know there's another side. Yeah. But how the hell do I access it? But when I'm there, it's very real. Does that make any sense at all? I've said this to you before. And so you go, oh, that's interesting. I bet if you like looked into it and Googled it, you'd find other people that have this where you create. Well, on a, I was listening to this program about memory on Radio 4 because now I get to drive a lot. I can listen to Radio 4 at um, midnight. Mm. And um, you don't do way, Magic FM. Don't do Magic FM. Oh, no, Radio no, Four. Magic FM at um, it's the only way I get any sort of actual real world knowledge in in my mind. Um, and there, were, there was one program on memory and talking about mind palaces. And you know, we hear about mind palaces a lot, but actually, how you physically create spaces yeah. in your mind. Yeah. And um, we, we watched a comedian the other day who talked about there's a shelf in my head, and I put something on that shelf. Maybe this was some. I can't remember. Where I, I don't was remember where I saw this. That. Um, and um, where on earth have I been? Oh no, it was it was one of the divers on the on the on the rescue. Yeah. Um, he talks about there's a shelf, and I go this I'm putting on that shelf, mm-hmm. and then I leave it there, and I don't access it. Mm. And for many people, or some people, there's a way of doing that emotionally, and there's a way of doing that with memories as well. Like um, real um, memory experts can create. A building in their minds mm. and they will have a code that they know oh that is in this place and the code for it is this and it's and these memories and you literally access memories as if you're going through a journey Jesus. so you know how most of us just go oh i either remember it or i don't or all oh, that sound or smell reminds me of something yeah. whereas they'd be like oh what was the name of this person oh well i remember when i learned that i put it here in this brain and then the letters will correspond with sort of numbers or whatever um, and that's how they learn, and it's an interesting kind of similar thing that you yeah. clearly have. You probably have the potential for that if your brain is able to create this very clear space. That's my memory palace. Yeah. yeah, 
kind of but also there's a thing that your brain could be tricking you that every time you go there your brain tells you it's exactly the same as the last time while you're dreaming it oh i can't deal with this <laughs> um, but with this it's a real play you got what you saying <laughs> no it's not savory what i was going to okay. say <laughs> I was gonna say maybe in my uni days when i was slightly more experimental but um maybe. yeah um no um Jesus, though, like, yeah, I've got a memory palace. Like, I, when I go to sleep, I go, oh, you know, if I go to that city tonight. Well, if you go to that city, like, put stuff there. <gasps> Literally leave stuff there and see if it's oh, there the next time. That's such a good idea. Mm. What shall I leave? Cat. I haven't got a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have something real. Okay. Your guitar. Leave one of your guitars in there. All right. In a corner. Find, like, I, no, no, do you know why that doesn't work? Because I actually did leave a guitar in Sweden. Oh, okay, this right. is not in my dreams now, but you remember like yeah, my yeah, Red 335? Yeah. That's still sailing around the Baltic <laughs> Sea. Because I think I, it, the case for it got nicked and I just left it out there for years. And then the last time I visited, I was like, oh, well, guess this is staying here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's in, well, um, it's in the back room of a well, ship. Maybe, yeah, maybe you'll find it. But yeah, if you put something there, see if it... Um... I'm really time. excited. But with this, the whole point of this is that <clears throat> this is real. It's a real place yes. that you access through your mind. But you have to... Um, so, we'll go on to, Well, it's hardly spoilers because it's just all a bit... There's nothing huge about to spoil, <laughs> in a way. Um, no. So, there are these... There's a movement. There's an academic movement of um, philosophers, metaphysics specialists or whatever that are trying to find a place and they bring their students along with them and they're kind of it's kind of like a cult in a way is this in the book yes this is in the book oh i didn't get any of this so you know where he's reading back his diaries and he's remembering stuff by reading what he's written yeah. about how he got there and he was a journalist piranesi which is a journalist not called piranesi yeah he's um, called like matthew something like that and he and there had been these cases of this academic um who I mean, it's been a little while since I read it, um, whose students went missing and oh, then yeah, they turned yeah. up two years later completely like crazy and talking about this place that they went to and, you know, they were sectioned and everything like that. And this journalist is investigating this and he doesn't believe it. He's really sort of, um, yeah, very cynical about it and but meets this professor. Um, I think it's a professor, isn't he? Some sort of academic. Mm-hmm. Um, in his place in Battersea, and the professor gets him to focus on a candle. Yep. And the next thing he knows, he's in. That that was place. a really powerful scene. Yeah. I thought that was one of the real well. You got a sense of, the, of the sinister nature of the. It was guy really well. goosebumpy. Yeah. That, yeah. And and it's whether it's not clear whether as he does he he does kill them down there. A couple, so the, there are graves, aren't there? Because there's bones that he collects. Piranesi collects. Like you see, Piranesi have all these rituals as well. Mm. Oh my god, the bit that made me laugh. You know when he, do you know it, the bit where he um, decides to make himself look nice on the day that he's leaving? Because there's, yeah. uh, it's a police officer, isn't it? He finds him, a woman, and she yeah. investigates She's it. the 16th, isn't she? She's the 16th. Yeah. She investigates it. Um, the other tries to warn Piranesi to, you know, that the, the woman's trying to kill him. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, um, yeah, Pyrenees goes, so I put shells and bits of bobs in my oh, hair yeah. and stuff to look nice. <laughs> and I just thought that was so sweet that um, when you're away from culture, society, media, everything, like this idea of still adorning yourself in a certain way yeah, is yeah. still so real and so Makes yourself natural. presentable for an occasion. Makes yourself presentable, yeah. but with no perspective on like what that looks like to other people. Yeah. Um, it's just this, I will show all my shells. or else, And I just love that. It's very mm. um, like early it's man. It's quite sweet, kind of, it? Yeah, it's yeah. so sweet. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, and it ends, but basically he wants to keep going back, doesn't he, every now and again. So he does yeah. He does still revisit. He doesn't stay there, I don't think, does he? Oh, I thought he did, but he again, I was very ready for the book to end. <laughs> Even though It's such a short you, book as well. Yeah, you know when you start, it starts washing over you. So I thought he chose the labyrinth, but maybe I've took that in wrong. Matthew Rose Sorensen, that's his name. Um, in my mind are all tides. I like that. Um, oh, that's it. It's the house, isn't it? Because the main tagline is the beauty of the house is immeasurable. It's kindness infinite. I didn't quite understand how the house did that. Um, We're just a peaceful world, mm. you know, without all the complications of the modern world. Yeah, no, he does. He does go back every now and again. I think. Yeah. Um yeah, so it it's an interesting kind of field, premise area. It does make yeah. you think. It did stick with me. Yeah, did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. It really stayed with me for quite a few days afterwards, um, which cool. is my mark of a good book for me. But just it's such a different sort of subject, such an in, like insane kind of idea mm. um, to think about that and then to craft the world. So I imagine she would have had to really have mapped it out as well and to, you know, again, have such a clear idea of how this, the house yeah, it's called the house. It mental. I, yeah, I think that's because it was the house. That's probably why I didn't imagine a sky. Oh yeah, I imagined it just yeah, I imagined it without. open on all but sides. But then I didn't understand with the the yeah. sea rising. Well, maybe that's that's why because I'm like, well, how's it flood if there's not mm. you know if it's. It was a little bit ruins, reminded you know. me of um, the cartoon version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where they all turned to stone. Oh, cool. That's sort of what I was imagining. Oh, I've, not, I've not seen that. But he makes a reference to that. Um, well, she makes reference. Susanna Clark makes it to um, Mr. Really? Tumnus. Yeah. And he's got this um, memory of a, a past world. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he talks about a little girl in the in the snow, and, and I was like, "That is exactly what I was thinking." Actually, if you look at the front of it, it's suitably um, That creepy. is basically Mr. Tumnus. Oh, is it? You see, I didn't do Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, but um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's suitably creepy, isn't it, for a mm. Halloween book? I guess it is actually. Yeah. Um, should we read a couple of five star reviews and see what people are saying? Five five star reviews. Oh, one star reviews. One star. One right, star. Okay. We haven't changed that much. No. no, no. We need to insert a little jingle here. 
which we'll do another day. Um, <laughs> well, it's got 11... On Amazon, it's got 11,125 reviews. It's averaging at 4.4 out of 5. Oh, so it's doing good. Doing good, yeah. but... You got some one stars? Yeah, one stars. Cool. All right, well, this um, is one star reviews. This is the part of the show. We do this for every book we read, where we read out some one star reviews on Amazon. Reason being, um, aggravated, pissed off people online are pretty funny Great. and unreasonable. Just uh, go on Twitter anytime. <laughs> um, so, um, so these are the first ones that came up, um, yeah. but I need to, I will click more into all the one stars. So, this is memes. Uh, one star, Emperor's New Clothes. I think that probably tells you enough. I feel like I've been party to an Emperor's New Clothes type scam. I don't get it. I don't like it. I feel like I've been duped into paying for the book of the century whilst in the COVID loo roll queue. <laughs> Obviously me, as it has marvellous reviews. Fair enough. Bit of self-awareness there as well. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith writes amateur. Or well, amateur. I never... When do you use which one? Amateur. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> read, read on, read on. That's so clever. Um, 75 pages of utter boredom before anything started to happen. The constant reference to the seventh hall of this and the ninth vestibule of that was like reading a 12-year-old story. I still cannot believe this. And this is great because I love this word always comes up with um, white male reviews. Tripe. <laughs> Can't believe this tripe ever got published. And I'm deeply suspicious of the entire industry when one reads the official recommendations. When the slow reveal started, I was at first incredulous and then progressively outraged at the amateurish plot and ideas and as a consequence threw it away. <sighs> For those over 45, it was like a cheap copy of an episode. Probably, I mean, that's a typo, fine. Episode from The Tomorrow People, Doctor Who or some other low quality nonsense from the 70s. Instead, interesting, I picked up a book called Circe by Madeleine Miller and found prose written an entirely new, different level. This book is laughable and I'm astonished someone even continued with the effort of writing it day to day. God, people are such cunts. Yeah. The worst book I've ever encountered by a tremendous distance. Imagine going, I'm astonished someone even considered writing it yeah. day to day. Like, how dare you write something? How dare you express yourself creatively? <laughs> it's funny how people, like, like I put this in the same bucket as Cersei. Mm. I guess it's old stuff, um, you know. Do you think um, it's Madeline Miller's got, like, some heavies? And she's like, you fucking maybe. take down well, Susanna. <laughs> well, Madeline, Madeline Miller, isn't she on the front of the front Yeah, book? yeah, she is. Like one of these <laughs> Guardian yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she, because uh, she was a Booker, sh- uh, not Booker, Women's Prize shortlisting as well with Cersei. Okay. I don't think it won. I did enjoy did Cersei. Did Cersei? I don't know. Oh. I enjoyed it a lot more. I think this, I enjoyed though. this one more than Cersei for some oh. reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Different drinks um, for different, different <laughs> needs. Overused phrases for everyone. Um, next person. Blue cashmere, all one word. With a full stop at the end. I like when people put a full stop at the end of their name. More pretension than achievement. Go on, blue, what does that mean? Blue cashmere. More pretension than well, achievement. They're, say, they're saying that it's more pretentious than than like it's, they're saying it's quality over no, no style over substance. No, I know I know what they're trying to say. I don't understand how that means achievement. Like it's just it's anyway. Um, Fifteen years after the quite impressive Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, Susanna Clarke has come up with this strange and sadly unsuccessful fantasy. I love that. When they're like, it's unsuccessful. Like, objectively speaking, that's it. It is unsuccessful. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) Um, (laughs) What? Yeah, okay. A previous employer. Yes. (laughs) One one very senior person. Mm. um, And I did their social media a fucking long time ago. This Don't miss the job at all. Mm. Um... 
and that I got given no um, like camera to do the photos with or even a good phone. So yeah. I, like, I snapped it on this piece of shit. And um, and the, the the person emailed me saying, this tweet has failed. Because <laughs> like the picture went bright enough or something. <laughs> this tweet, <laughs> so, has, this tweet failed. has failed. That should be a t-shirt. It's like, you're a fucking idiot. Aren't you? Like, <laughs> you failed. You failed. Uh, um... Your feedback has failed. <laughs> I like that you took a pause like, should I say this? <coughs> yeah, sure. Uh, the introduction of the house with its three stories seen through. It's got three stories. Okay, so fine. There we go. I didn't know. Uh, seen through. the. I was so puzzled with it. As soon as I'm like this with every book, and I think I've told you any detail I cannot picture it. I cannot architect things in my mind in that way. I just get a mush of stones. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's amazing when people can clearly see stuff. You're talking about, again, like not being able to see the house. with Yeah, the the fact that this person said it's three stories. I was like, that must have been included in it. Ah, you see, I didn't get it that mathematically, but I did get a real picture of it. Whereas I'm like, I I feel like I'm in a room somewhere. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me when people can stretch things out in their minds. Um... The introduction of the house with its three stories seen through the eyes of the flawed narrator, Piranesi, presumably so-called after the architectural artist whose prints seem to inspire the house, starts beguilingly. I love these, but presumably. It's like, you fucking Google that like the rest of us, you twat. Um, presumably. Uh this is the thing if you write a one star review it's like I just hate you automatically so I'm going to be horrible we soon realise that we are reading a journal the appeal short lived as it is comes via the description of an idealised world realised in the words and thoughts of Piranesi the beloved child of the house nurtured by the fish and seaweed provided in plenty as food likewise the birds who seem to be the other principal living occupants of the house are his friends and protectors to Piranesi this is the only world at the outset there is only one other is this a one star review he's just telling us what happens so far so good if it's so far so good then it's already not one star it's three yeah, the descriptions of the three-tiered house are engaging, as is the innocent optimism of Piranesi himself. True. As the plot begins to emerge, the story collapses into something more akin to farce. The jarring conjunction of the real world and fantasy world is at best awkward. Okay. Two academics speak in loose idioms that fail to convince. As further characters emerge, most notably the prophet, all starts to career out of control. We begin to realise that at the heart of things is Lawrence Arnsales. We are now in the world of childish imagination, but the story struggles on to its anticlimactic ending. The individual ingredients, some very weak and dull, never begin to gel into a convincing whole. At the end, we are left confused and deflated, wondering what all the fuss was about. A very disappointing follow-up to the earlier book. See, I think I agree with what they're getting at in mm. principle like I didn't really care for how it panned out but I just didn't like the way you said it <laughs> yeah just did not so aggressively like. <laughs> that was on um, not what was the other show that was on at Cow and Chicken Time and I always all oh, oh um, or maybe it was the character this is a weird segue um, Ed, Ed and Eddie Dexter's Laboratory <laughs> no I think maybe it was something to do with I. maybe it was I Weasel or like because um, he goes I don't know what you just said but I didn't like the way you said it <laughs> and it just stuck with me since childhood anyway it sounds like the red kind of devil guy it was the guy red devil guy in, um, what was that in in I, I, I Am Baboon a, I Am Baboon no that was I Am Weasel wasn't yeah it? I Am yeah. Weasel I Am Baboon <laughs> yeah fine I found that funny but that too. red like how cartoons do that red devil guy turns up in um like other cartoons, like it'll turn up in Johnny oh, Bravo. I see. And that, that that's the same with like Looney Tunes, like different Yeah. Yeah, different up. different cartoon characters turn up in each other's shit all the time. So I can't remember which one he said it. Um dreary and pedantic, disappointing, couldn't hold my attention, a waste of my time, not enough story early enough to capture my interest. Nothing like her first book. Not interesting. Awful. None of these are funny. Like normally, normally, normally the one star reviews are. Well, I haven't, funny. I haven't looked all through them. Um, 
Yeah, someone else saying they expected Cersei. We also haven't yet had one where someone's complaining about the quality of the book. Oh, yeah. Ruined cover. There we go. Don't look at the misleading pictures. Get a copy off eBay with it. Fine. Um, Someone couldn't get into the ploy from the beginning. Too wordy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Convoluted, confusing, and ultimately pointless. Mm. Fine. Meh. Got a meh. See, I, again, meh isn't a one star. Meh is three stars. Meh, like, take yeah. it or leave it. From chapter one, it felt like this was a story about someone's mental illness. I just couldn't connect with it at all, and the endless halls and statues just bored me. I found myself skim reading it, and that's when I knew I had to leave it. Fair enough. All right. Um, so overdone, it would gag a maggot. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> gag a maggot. Gag, 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 A fantasy novel of endlessly rep- repeated imagery which assumes the proportions of a football-sized wad of cloying gunk wrapped around a plot the size of a toothpick. It would be most suitable for public readings on a rush hour subway, however, if such are not on your agenda, pass this one by. What? One review used the word moving in their review of this literary bag of gush. I could agree. I wept for the trees which were slaughtered for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what we want. I wept for the trees that were slaughtered for it. Um, When I had finished it, I dipped it in disinfectant before dropping it in the trash. (laughs) Sure. I love people that are passionately appalled. Uh, <laughs> someone else has mentioned Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah, what is that reference? I, I'm not. Well, you know the Emperor's New Clothes. It's like the no. Emperor's one. What? No. You don't know the story of the Emperor's New Clothes. No. Okay, the Emperor. It, it's all like about Does... ego, and right. he's, the Emperor is naked, basically. Right. But everyone has to tell him how amazing his clothes are. But someone not... fashions him an invisible cloak. Right. Because he wants the best of that. Like I, This is my rough memory from when I was a child, but it's basically, when you say the emperor has no clothes, it's people aren't telling this person that this is shit or the emperor's naked. The emperor thinks he's walking around in this incredible cloak and he's naked. It's and rough. they've convinced him that it's like, it's an invisible material. It's fucking stupid. But because of, but everyone, like look up the story. It's an interesting, it's a, it doesn't sound good. Well, it's not a fucking book. It's like a fable. It's not a fable. What is it? It's not a fable or myth or legend. One of those. We watched that Netflix explained on fairy, tale. fairy tales. And I can't remember which one this is classed as. Um, but the story of the emperor and his new clothes. And I've heard the phrase, but I've never so known So when people it say it's the emperor's new clothes, yeah. that is everyone is telling people they're amazing when they're shit. Oh. Essentially. But yeah, the emperor has no clothes. It's like, come on, people. Aren't you seeing what I'm seeing? Right. Okay. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's a comedy reference. Who who makes that joke? I no no, I don't know. So uh so I I fall asleep listening to either podcasts or like a stand-up comedy, like just the audio of it. Um and on Spotify, if you forget to put the the sleeper timer on, which I often do, it just like gives you yeah. similar ones. So I wake up at all times of night, like half wake up and there's just some random comedy. And there was one the other day, and I don't know who it was because I couldn't wake up myself enough. But he was, uh, <laughs> this guy was t- telling a story about like when your girlfriend's pissed off at you and she's texting you. you know, I just think that it's really funny that you think that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he kept saying wow. I thought it was like if, if, he, if he doesn't respond and then like five minutes later. You she goes, yeah, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was that. Like I say, I'll never, it, I was, I woke up. Well, I woke. I was laughing I'm in my sleep. Pretty sure you can find what you have listened to on Spotify. No, you can't. I tried. Okay, fine. I tried really hard. Um, <clears throat> uh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> wow. But that's why we now won't go. Wow. Um, the thing is, you realize if like we ever have an argument and you want to deploy a wow, yeah. you're not going to be able to do it with a straight this face. It's just basically a reminder that men, you can be absolute assholes to yeah. women, and somehow it's will still be the ones being mocked for being upset yeah. by that. Yeah. 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 
Wow. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, exceedingly boring and elementary. Um, billed as a fantasy thriller mystery, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Is it really? I don't, I don't know what it's billed as. I just picked up. Picked up in the airport, actually. Um, Did you? Oh, you bought yeah, it for the I plane bought, ride. I, I picked up two books. Um, ah. And the other one I've got to page five. It's actually all right from what I've read. I'm just... I will read it. Um, what, which one? What? Uh, something about Norway. Some 18th century oh. Norwegian island when all the men die at the beginning on oh. the boat. And it's just all the women left alone. And they're so happy. I don't know. Um, weird and unpleasant. Don't bother. No reward to reading this. I wish I hadn't. I kept reading, hoping for something redeeming to make it worth my time. Spare yourself. See, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of the people sort of saying that they found it all very, like, they probably got similar brains to me in that, like, those mm. first 60 pages. It was like, where am I? What is this? What? I don't understand. Too many vestibules, too many walls, too many. Yeah. Um, but it just really made me kind of think quite inwardly and deeply about the world and discovery. That's and, cool. You know, and that. Because the whole way they get to the house is through, like, meditating, focusing on a point in their childhood, isn't it? Like, pure happiness or pure innocence or something like that. I can't remember what the, the thing is. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I found it interesting. That's cool. There are not that many funny one-star reviews. No. A lot of Emperor's New Clothes, people have mentioned. Okay, well, at least I know what that means now. Well, we can... We can... <laughs> I did terribly explain that. I'll find it probably. We can, um, we, can, we can park that. I think we've had enough of them. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of... The one about the maggots choking and then the one where they disinfected <laughs> the book... There's a, there's a few goodies in there. But I do like this that Jay has written. Um, it's from Canada. Awful. Boring as hell. Do not get influenced by reviews. Waste of money and time. We'll never read from that author ever again. Um, I like the fact that you leave a review and say don't get influenced by reviews. It's like, well, which one? Ooh, you just told me not yeah. to get written. And that's the most aggressive thing a Canadian's ever written online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never, mind. ever again. That's that. <laughs> Yeah. You fudgingly bad author. Yeah. Do you know there's a whole thing where um, Americans find like British, like young, like British teenagers angry hmm. online, um, and they think it's like, they think it's really funny. So there's like you know these like chavs like going, you know, fucking I'll spark you out, are you fucking dickhead? Like that. <laughs> yeah. And like that reads really funny to American, which I can quite imagine. Uh, yeah, I'll spark you out. <laughs> um, oh, silliest book I've read in a long while. Thank heavens it was a library copy, so no money wasted. Ah, good. Well, how on you got your earth? Stamps. This is what I get when people go, "How on earth did it ever get published?" Like, do you realize like half a million books get published a year? A lot of books get like, published, don't they? It's just you don't have to read it, or you like. I don't know. We keep, you, going, no, we you're, keep you're, going around this. You're right. And it's the same with, well, anything, isn't it? When a journalist writes an article, when a musician puts a song out, when a person piece, puts a piece of art. There are people somewhere where we don't hear from them because they're mm. able to quietly go, oh, not for me. I just won't yeah, say anything. Yeah. That is probably most people. But it's just the online people going, this should never have been made. So it reminds <laughs> me of um, Liberal Arts, which is um, a really good film by Josh Radner, who obviously, you know, I fell in love with five years ago. and um, Oh, is he that wet How I Met Your Mother, yeah. Oh, I'm so <laughs> disappointed you ever had feelings for that sap. No, you're not allowed him on your list. He's not on my list anymore. Um, not my anymore. Oh, I, that list oh, has got big, God. but he's not on it anymore. Um, no, just half, half the Saints rugby team. Fine, Not half fine. They do things of merit. <laughs> he acts badly. Um, so no, he should never have been fucking. Yeah, speaking. I love. I love this. We're literally talking about just just keep quiet about it. It doesn't matter. And I'm the point I'm about to make. Yeah, but you're playing with my pride now. <laughs> playing with your feelings. Um, are 
the film Liberal Arts that he directed and acted in, um, there's a scene where he reads like Twilight or something because this younger woman that he's interested in or his girlfriend um, is uh, like likes it. And he basically hates it. But she just says how it's so boring to hate things, like just like the things you like, just mm. literally ignore the things you don't like. Why are you... But then would we have any interesting discourse if we didn't share the things we don't no. like? Where's the line between, like, don't express your opinion it's, and don't shit on something? It's, it's true, though, isn't it? Like, um, I don't know if this is exactly the same, but I remember the head of music at my university all those years ago said to me, um, just be a fan. Be a yeah. fan of stuff. Mm. You know, what? You know, you're not going to like everything. No, so don't be a fan of everything for the sake of it. But just be a fan. It's great mm. being a fan. It's great being passionate about things. And hating stuff, yeah, like, you know, you will naturally there's some stuff that will be really unpleasant to you but it's a lot of energy yeah like when you could be putting that into being a fan i always remember and i've probably told this before on the podcast but um and this is still down the music route because this is when i was working with the band they used to work with a lot and the band leader was into way different music mm. than me um and i got into loads of it through him because uh, but all the stuff i was into <laughs> yeah. he was just so quick to shit on yeah, it yeah. and actually made me feel like like i'm dumb for wasting my time mm. on that stuff and i'm like yeah but mate i've got i'm now a fan of all my shit and of all your shit i'm getting <laughs> all enjoyment out of all that stuff yeah. whereas you are just liking your shit and you're like nope fuck all that other stuff and it's like well i'm enjoying more stuff surely i'm winning here we're Not still <laughs> yeah we're still struggling to hold on to the very basic principle that everyone is different and we will like different things like mm. it feels so personal when someone likes or dislikes something and you have the opposite opinion it's like but how because we i think ultimately it's because we want to understand each other yeah. and there are some things we can't understand each other, even just basic likes and dislikes and it kind of hurts when someone has the opposite opinion because it's like but i i want to understand you and we yeah. can't we're so limited in our understanding of each other yeah my mum will say to me like on the phone and this is where i need to get way better especially because mm. it's my mum <laughs> she'll be like you know oh well on saturday night I, mean, I bet you don't watch ant and dex saturday night takeaway do you i'm like of course i fucking don't it's tv for <laughs> morons and then but i do just need to take a breath and go oh no it's just not for me yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's not made for me like, <laughs> well you forget it's made for kids like we all like when we're younger as well like I used to, I used to watch so much Saturday Night TV. Oh, I always thought it was all shit. Did you really? Yeah. Like Stars in Their Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Bruce's Price. I, I remember right. it all being on, but it's all heartbeat. Yeah, I remember Generation all this. Generation game. It, none of it ever made me go. Oh, this Bullseye? is wicked. Oh god, just so. Yeah. Many. What else is there? But either way, like that, especially. I think this is where we really have to remind ourselves with mainstream stuff loads of people like love island yeah i've actually seen bits of it i, I, oh, I found it horrendous i don't know how it holds anyone's attention but i but isn't it easier for me to just go oh, it's not <laughs> aimed at me no, like no. you know it's aimed at different people but yeah but then there is where do we get the um uh at what point is it a commentary on the state of the world and at what point is that valid? Like, you yeah. know, we have all these opinions on social media and fakeness and narcissism and all these kind of things that are fueling this very unreal, unpure, impure way of living that we have now. Consumerist and everyone's sort of falsely celebrating themselves and each other. And it's not this peaceful, like, it's like, where are the lines? Um, and I think also when people get so angry about books, I do wonder, not necessarily... I guess wonder whether the class element comes in because there's a sense of injustice when um, certain people get opportunities more than others. Mm. And I think if you don't like something they've created, 
it compounds that sense of inequality just that little bit more because people are given opportunities to excel and get better and better and better at things um, that other people aren't. Mm. I think that's where it stings because it's like this is affecting the cultural landscape of our world mm. yeah. um, in an inaccurate and unfair way. And I think maybe that's why people can take disliking things so seriously because it's like what is this saying about us as humans and why is everything not Piranesi or anything but like Love Island for example or I'm a celebrity mm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, but then, sorry, like, cele- so I'm a celebrity or Love Island. It's humans under a microscope. People are watching that because they're wondering what it tells them about themselves. Yeah. And that's still valid. It's just not, they're not reading an academic study on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I'm really no, I think, I think that's quite well put. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more peaceful in Pyrenees' labyrinth. It's so peaceful. So peaceful. I think that is one thing for this book. It's, it's, it's quite nice to get lost in. Mm, yeah. And it's very short as well. It's a very, very short book, isn't it? What is it, 200 pages, 230 yeah. pages? Yeah. Um, I do like short books. TF240. Should we look at giving it some sort of score? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for a 7.5. Cool. Um, I'm inclined to go down the middle and be like five because mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but I loved elements of it. I love the world, so I'm actually going to bump that up to a six because, mm-hmm. um, like I say, it was quite so powerful, which didn't quite so care quite care so much for the plot so well our ratings mean everything so 6.75 that was 6.75 for piranesi there you go cool well next up i think we have cat's cradle which is a short book and i have started it and i will finish it very quickly kurt vonnegut kurt vonnegut yeah oh i I gotta say a thing about when i was buying it yeah right so i went down to waterstones i love that we could put put this on the next podcast but (laughs) tell us now no, no, I want to tell. Yeah, no, 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 right, right. Uh, so I went down to. I needed some books, so I went down to Waterstones in Angel, um, which is a wicked Waterstones right on Islington Green, and I took ages in there choosing some stuff because I needed to restock the pipeline. <laughs> and um, I got um, someone's in the working world, corporate world. Yeah, and have you noticed I've really sold out? I don't care. I say we're aligning. I say we're. I'm just. I'm just all in there. If you're having an argument with your partner, never say, I think we need to align on this issue. No, I'm going to. I'm going to, because I know it pisses you right off. Also, we don't argue too much, so it's okay. Um, Yeah, I'm in Waterstones Angel, and I'm picking out books. And what did I pick? I picked um, Cat's Cradle, which we're by Kurt Vonnegut, which we're reading next, because for a while I've wanted to read some Kurt Vonnegut, because he's always mentioned in the same bracket as the classic, Mm -hmm. modern classic authors I like. 
uh, I picked a Stephen King, which I read in Alicante, The Institute, because uh, the cover was awesome. And I was like, oh, Stephen King's always a really good read, and the mm-hmm. cover was cool. So I got that. And um, I got Surrounded by Idiots, which is a nonfiction I'm currently reading to mm-hmm. process the world around me. me. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> with you. just personalities you run into in life. Now, I got to the um, the counter with these. And 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 the guys scanning them through, and you know how everyone in Waterstones like probably got a novel on the go at home and yeah, thinks yeah. they, you know. And he goes to me, he cats cradle. He kind of goes, "Oh, can I just ask, did you did you pick this because the cover was forward facing?" And I went, "No, mate. I said actually, I um, I've been meaning to read some Vonnegut for ages, and th- apparently this is a good starting point." So like the cover was forward facing. Yeah, you know how when you go, um, oh, was in it like, because you could see it on the display. So it's all the spines, then ones yeah. facing forwards. Yeah, so That's how like they present them, of right? How it was displayed. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he went, "Oh, I just wondered because like I, I actually just this morning like put that one facing oh, forward. Right. You know, I wanted to see if my so, and I said, "Oh no, honestly, mate, I just picked that one because I had it in my head that was going to be the one." I said, "This one, however, with the Stephen King book, mm-hmm. I said this one I picked because it was facing forward and the cover is really cool." Mm-hmm. Um, and he did that complete thing on me where like it's like people that read Stephen King are just plebs like you know they think they're readers and he weren't like completely rude but I realised at that point I just lost his and in in, in his head he was like well you know what you're getting with Stephen King don't you it's yeah it's always a like he really begrudgingly you should should be like do you though how many have you read how many have you actually read because I bet he hasn't read he's really good because he got in you obviously we've just watched series three of you but in season one him and his book snob girlfriend like they're in the bookshop going oh idiots that come in here and buy Stephen King I think they're readers yeah. they should be you know reading Proust and you know, is it yeah. even pronounced Proust, Proust I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I've read a few Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, Carrie um, Cujo and then this one The Institute which by the way very good um, oh they're great they're really yeah. readable I think it's almost good to cleanse your palate with because they're yeah. readable he does dialogue and settings so well Um Usually it's more if you're up for the far-fetched, you know, sci-fi stuff he dives yeah. into and the, the telekinesis and stuff. Um, mm. Also, the Institute, I'm not suggesting we do it for this podcast because it's actually quite a long read. But again, I cared so much for the setup. We should and, have done Stephen King really for today. <laughs> yeah, but the, the setup of the, the Institute is so good and uh-huh. the concept is so powerful. And it's actually the, the, the climax and the resolve is the bit I didn't care for. Yeah. It went a bit like Robert Webb's book that we slugged off to high heaven oh, where there's yeah. like a high-speed car chase that you can see being because on. because they're thinking two steps ahead for like movies. For the movie, yeah. yeah. And, and the conclusion to the Institute, saving all these kids from an institute, well, yeah, it was just so Hollywood. And I was like, oh, mm. the book was creepy as fuck and really powerful. And then it just mm. kind of went into overdrive in this boring well, conclusion. Well, Cat's Cradle is about the atomic bomb, isn't it? Is it? Hiroshima or something like so that. So you've yeah. started it, right? I've started it, So yeah. you, need to get, you need to get cracking it's with that. It's such a short book. Fine, I'm reading it this You get cracking on it. Oh. I'll get cracking on it. And then we can actually keep some Restart our regularity to this. Um, yeah, We've been so shit. We've been it. so shit. I've still got an interview to put out. As well, Who the Johnny is? Salmon one I did that ages ago. I haven't recorded it. Well, oh, that was a good interview. I haven't, um, well, I have sort of edited. I haven't just put it out there. Yeah, there's that, and I wanted to um, read the book that he recommended as well. Um, Chin Rai Chabi, um, that one about the father. We've got that on the side upstairs, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, loads of other books. Uh, cool. Well, as always, taking recommendations. So give us a tweet. We've gone deadly silent on Twitter because we're. We've not got podcast content to put out Deadly with Deadly silent. We will try harder. I might actually end up paying someone to do this stuff. So if anyone fancies doing social media... Um, I'm not paying someone to do our tweets. An hour a week? No, fuck that. No. I'm not paying okay, you've got to do it. Yeah. Rather than pay someone, yeah.
I might cut this out because I'm thinking of an actual business thing where, no, I do need to pay someone 20 quid a week. Don't don't cut out. Ignore me. We're going to pay someone (laughs) to tweet. Thank you so much for listening once again. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter. Like, subscribe. Can you do that? Yeah, whatever you whatever you can do. Subscribe do it. and leave a review. Apparently, that's valuable. Leave we're we're on Acast now, right? Yeah, we're on Acast now. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can also leave us a bit of money if you want, but don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, we'll give it to the social media <laughs> we'll person. Social media person. <laughs> um, right. We'll see you next time after practice some comedy shit. Bye. Bye. Bye.